I hope everyone has had a very wonderful week. And I pray that the rest of the week will be a pleasant one for you. Amen. So we're going to continue from where Pastor Bank left. Not, not continue, we're just going to kind of flesh out a few things Pastor Bank said on Sunday. Um, how many remember the four things he said, the reason why Christ died, the four reasons why Christ died, reasons why Christ died, something about he died for us, he needed to live his life through us, which is the last one, okay, so there's the four, there's the two, and there's the in, and there's the through, so he died for us. That he may give himself to us so that he may live in us and then express himself through us. Amen? So this evening, I'm going to touch on the third one. He himself kind of like helped us out with the first and the second one. He died for us that he may give himself to us. He said it's as simple as ABC. We already experienced it. The power of the cross, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He did all of that already. So he said, uh, the in us becomes the challenge. And he, I guess for time, he wasn't able to expound a lot on that. That is what I'm going to expound on this evening and then open it up for discussion. Amen? And here's my take on living in us. I think everything that we do all of our expressions as Christians hangs on this one fact, that is the part that Christ is in us. Because if that part is skewed, it affects every other aspect of our lives. I like to talk a lot on the identity of the Christian because I've recognized that without that, Every step I make can be misconstrued by myself and even anyone that is around me. So when he said, Christ died that he may live in us, this is what that means to me. In other words, when that happened, God changed address. You and I became his address. You and I became his place of habitation. And to make a place a habitation means you've already done everything that is needed to habit it. Are you following me? How many of us will buy a house and they will tell you the pipe is there's something? You actually walk into the house, the pipe is bad, you see flood all over, and you decide I'm just going to go in there and leave. This is the best place to live. We know in the natural it sounds quite absurd. Imagine that with us as Christians. That is what God has done in sending Christ. He cleared everywhere that he may live in this place. Now for him to live in this place, the house itself has to recognize that this is this place that Christ is living. Let's open our Bibles this afternoon, please. To the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 26. That's where I'm going to start from. Colossians 1 27 rather. 
Colossians 1.27. Okay. Sorry, my Bible is not kind of responding to me so for some reason. Okay. It says, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Go with me again to the book of John chapter 14. By now, everyone may already know that that happens to be a favorite chapter of mine. And let's look at verse 20 this time. It says, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Now what Jesus was saying there is, there's about to be an intertwining, a joining together, that in your natural self, you will not understand it. What I want to do, though, is I want to live in you. Because up until now, when you read the Old Testament, it is God visiting his people. And so, of course, the excuse is we are not able to live this life. We are not able to give you what you desire. Because for some reason, you just perch on us and then you leave. And then you come and then you leave. It's almost like an on and off kind of relationship. So this time around, God is, was saying, okay, guess what I'm going to do? I'm in the Father. You're going to be in me. I in you. Together we form this address, and I'm, we're going to live together. So Jesus died as us. He rose as us, and he lives as us, is what the scripture is saying here. So now in Jesus doing that, Jesus now says, the ability to live this life, I'm going to give it to you because I'm going to live through you. I'm going to live in you. That's why you read Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, yet not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. I said this some time ago. To the degree that I'm aware of this cohabitation, to that degree, my life in Christ becomes effortless. But what we have been used to is, if you pray, God will answer. If you read your Bible, he will reveal himself. So we live a life of if. Whereas God does not give us a life of if, He gives us a life of the finished work where you live from, not if. Understand this. You have a habitation of God. Simple. There's no formula to it anymore. There's nothing you and I can do about it anymore. God changed address. We became his physical address. So that anything God wants to do, he does it through you and in you. 
But to the degree I am aware of that and I walk conscious of that, that helps me in my day-to-day walk. I remember I said this some time ago. If when I pray in the morning, it's almost as if I left God there and I kind of like asked for help and I start my day hoping that along the line, when I walk to where Prof is, God will show up. Then to get to the through us is already defeated. But to the degree I understand that just like you're physically here with me, you and I are seeing each other. That's to that degree God is in me. To that degree, I would yield everything to him. I am crucified with Christ, yet not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know the only thing that is missing? To live this life in such a way that we know it is in us. I will repeat it. I've said this over and over again. It is the fact that the eyes of our understanding is not opened. Listen. To live your life through for somebody else to be affected becomes easy. And let me bring it home. I think it was 22 years ago I came to United States. So when I came to United States, every time I came on vacation before then, I'd always run away from coming during the cold season. So all the vacation I would come then would be during the summer. So finally, I'm leaving the United States. And the first time I would come, I think, yeah, I came sometime during the summer. Maybe it was in Florida. So Florida, of course, didn't have snow. You get what I'm saying? So here I am in the United States, and um, for the first time, I was in New York. Jesus is Lord. And it snowed on that day. The excitement for the first time to see snow. Everyone that came with me, I did not let them sleep. But I just said, I just went to wake them. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's snowing. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's snowing. So I began to wake everybody up. Even the person that owned the house. I've forgotten that the person had already been used to the snow. So I'm busy waking all of them up because I'm seeing snow for the first time. What am I saying? Because I became aware of something. To draw the other person to see it was not a big deal. The excitement of what was awakened in me was what I wanted the other person to see. To the degree that Christ is awakened in me is to that degree it can live through me. Let me give you another example. I was watching this safari thing. You all know I like Discovery Channel. So they were, you do it, prof. I love nature. I think I can read a lot of God in nature. That's just me. I, I, I can sit on Discovery Channel and just watch it for 24-7. The only thing I don't like is fish, and I don't like snake. When they come to that, then I turn off my TV, because it gives me the creeps somewhat. 
Anyway, they took these few guys on a safari trip, and um, they, were, they wanted to see, they, want, they visited the Seren- Serengeti, and this particular guy saw a leopard for the first time. And out of his excitement, he's forgotten, of course, that the person leading them is used to it. You get what I'm saying? The way he tapped this human being, and then he wanted, he almost halted the trip. Wanted every other person that went the different route to come and experience him seeing this leopard for the first time. You get what I'm saying? That the, the safari guide kind of excused it and kind of followed with him. So he was like, wow. Of course, the commentator then was saying it was just to go along with the excitement this other person was feeling. Now look at it this way. In Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1, he says, this is the first time that scripture will come alive to me. He says, arise and shine. You know what arise means? Awaken. And then you shine. Because until that awakening comes, until the eyes of understanding is opened, see, we can understand Christ in us conceptually. Really, we do. And I think all of us do. I think the, the challenge becomes where it becomes a reality for us on a day-to-day basis. At least that's where I have a challenge. You may not have that challenge there. But conceptually, I do understand it. It's just it's the translation to the daily living. You know, where the guy that cuts me off the road... I use the M word or I use the F word or whatever word I use. And as a Christian, I may not use those words. I can say, what kind of a foolish person is this? Are you getting what I'm saying? That's where it actually rubber meets the road. But it begins first with the reality that is inside. Without that reality of who is in me, without that reality it becomes a challenge because I will not be able to allow him to live through me. It becomes very challenging. And that is why if you read the apostle, epistles of Paul, always you will hear him say that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Why? Because the same Paul will come back and say, this one thing I do, I forget about the things which are behind. I reach forward to the things that are ahead. Because he understands that there is an unraveling that takes place all the time in the life of the believer. What does it mean for Christ to live in us. It means that Jesus himself becomes the object of our desire. I like to read a lot and I read biographies a lot. One of, the, one of my favorite writers is C.S. Lewis. I don't know if any of you know a lot about him, but I love the guy that wrote Narnia and all of that. You've watched his movies and all of that. A Christian that kind of writes a lot of his Christian into literature and movies and all of those. And so I read a lot of his quotes, a lot. There's this quote I want to read to you. It says, when you enjoy something, an object, we are focused primarily on the object. We are almost lost in the object. 
But when we try to contemplate or keep up that joy and enjoyment and thereby focus on the enjoyment or the joy itself instead of the object, we will lose both the object and the joy. So in order to enjoy an object, say a person, a meal, a party or whatever, it says we must be focused on the object itself, not attempting to get the joy it puts in like we would enjoy it. So here's what he's saying here. Rather than us looking for the byproducts that we find in Jesus, when Jesus becomes the primary focus, and, and please, when I'm saying this, I don't mean like it's a must you have to read your Bible. Understand me. It's a must you have to pray. Those are necessary disciplines. But when I mean the focus and the object of your affection, it becomes something that is the reason why I'm moved to do stuff. You, you get what I'm saying? I, I, I am enthralled by this thing. The, my entire life is focused on him. That's why someone like Paul, they will say to him, there are others preaching Jesus that are outside of us and they are not doing the right thing. He said, leave them alone. He says, whether they do it right or wrong, it doesn't matter. But one thing he prayed, he said in, in Philippians chapter 1, he said that I may continue to have the supply of the spirit of Jesus. What does that mean? It means the more I focus on this thing, the more I take on the personality of this thing. What does that, how does that translate to my everyday life? It's as simple. It is the revelation of Jesus in my life. It is not complicated. There are no steps one, two, three to it. It's just understanding that Christ is in me and asking him to reveal himself to me becomes the primary focus of my life. That's why Paul will pray. He said that you may be filled with wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. What am I saying? To have the Christ life in us means we are ready for our eyes to be opened to know the full extent of the life that we have in Christ. The father was Jesus' object always. Hence you would hear him say, as the father says, so I do. Have you been all this while? You have, not see, have you seen me and not seen the father? I mean, can you imagine how surprised he was when Philip asked that question? He was taken aback. Philip, you've been with me all this while and you have not yet seen the father? Don't you understand? If you've seen me, you've seen the father. In other words, the father is my address. Is the object of my affection. Is the center of my focus is the all in all in all I do. But I've come to recognize, for me, I don't know about you, up until now, I need people to give me formula. Step one, two, three. But I'm going to surprise you. There is no formula in living this life. The only formula is Jesus plus nothing. So, if we don't grab onto Jesus... And let him lead on a daily basis. 
then what happens is we are looking for ways to please him whereas he's not looking for us to please him. He's already pleased with us. You need to understand that. Jesus is the pleasure of the Father. And as long as Jesus is in you, you are the pleasure of the Father. For many of us, it may be, I don't want to sin. So we focus on the sin. But I've come to realize that the more I focus on Jesus, the more the weight gets off of me. The more I lift Jesus up in my life, the more I shed the weight. Because it used to be I was so carried away by the weight that I carried. That every other thing weighed down on me. I became interested in what people thought of me. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm giving us a practical example of Christ in us. The hope of glory. The only thing we can do is to see Jesus magnified in our lives. That's the only answer to this thing. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Don't you see that scripture? Christ in me, the hope of glory. In other words, as long as Christ in me, my days are full of glory. That's what that scripture is saying. As long as Christ is the focus for me, my day unravels in glory. Are you following me? This is the old crux of the Christian walk. As long as Christ is in me. And like I said, it changed address a long time ago. You, are, you and I are his habitation. I mean, it, 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 it thrills me that a God as mighty as that would choose a vessel like me and he would choose to habitate this vessel and he would say to you, listen, that it is me that is working in you both to will and to do of my good pleasure. The problem is we just want to do it for God. We, we want to strive to be better. Hear me? If it's for us to strive to be better, he didn't have to send Jesus. He finished it already. There's nothing you can do right or wrong that will, cease, that will cause God to cease from loving you. He chooses to want to live through you. It is desire to live through you. That is why it says it's a fruit of the spirit, not your fruit. So as long as I yield to that Christ life in me, that eternal life that is in me, as long as I allow it to come forth, it would not have any option than to bear fruits. Because it's the fruit of the spirit. It didn't say it's something I join with the spirit to do. It's just something the spirit brings along with himself to leave it out in me. I wish there's a way I can explain this further. Are you hearing me? Are you following me? Listen, this has liberated my life. I find it so easy. Listen, I'm not exaggerating. It's easy to live the Christian life when you realize it's not your life. When you realize it's Christ's life. 
and has nothing to do with my own efforts. Does that mean I don't read the Bible? Of course I do. Because for me, the Bible has become a love story. When I open it, I see God writing to talk to me. But Christ in me becomes the crux and the pivotal point to live my Christian life. That is it. Before to get to the through, the in has to be in place. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have this treasure in earthen vessel. Again, look at it. That the excellency of power will be of God and not of you. So what does that mean? For me to see that, it means I need to cease from myself. I need to cease from thinking it's my effort. There was a time if I did not pray before I left the house. Oh, Jesus Christ is Lord. By the time I get home, I am condemned completely. Because I believe is in praying that I've done what is right. Not understanding I'm just called to a fellowship. I'm called to a communion. I'm part of a union that I did not do anything to be a part of. He chose to bring me into the union. Are you, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Have you ever attended a party and they say you don't need to bring anything? It's when I came to the United States that I found out there are some parties you go to that you have to bring something. You know, I went to a party one day. I lied not to you. I didn't take money with you with me that day. So I got there. I re- it was a restaurant. So they invited me. Alex dropped me. I left my bag, everything. So I walked into the party. And it was a, they, had, they placed my seat. And when they now asked for the check, the person said, oh, it's individual. Oh, Jesus is Lord. I had to turn to the person that was next to me. That's it. Can you please just borrow me a few dollars? I'll give you when I go out. You understand? But what am I saying? God has called us into a place, into a party that we don't have to bring anything. You're just there because he set the table for you. What am I saying? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I that live but Christ that lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He chose to do it. He wants to express himself in and through us. There's nothing you and I can do to live this life in our strength. We can't do it. But one thing that is paramount is the revelation of Jesus in our lives. When Jesus is revealed, then everything, everything becomes very clear to us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That is why to live through us becomes easy. I gave you the example of the snow. When I see something, it's easy to call you into it. I won't struggle to call you into it. Arise and shine. But something has to be awakened within us. It's an awakening to who we are. Awakening 
to what has been granted us. An awakening to a life that is beyond us. And that helps us out in our daily walk with God. Amen? In other words, you need to understand that the voice of God has found a face in you. In other words, your life is no longer ordinary. It has become something extraordinary because the creator has chosen to live in us. Amen? So here's what that means. Christ is the peace in me. Christ is the calm in me. Christ is the joy in me. Christ is the life in me. Christ is the strength in me. That's why Paul would say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, it's very simple. But I think for us, religion has made it so complicated. That is why brokenness will become easy when I know I have the Christ life. It becomes an easy thing to go through because I have the Christ life in me. He says, this is life eternal, that you may know him. That's all he says, that you may know him. In other words, that your eyes of understanding will be enlightened. That you may know the life that you possess on the inside. So when pastor said, the reason why Christ came was that he may give himself for us. He died for us that he may give himself to us. So he can live in us. So that he can live through us. I'm going to open it up and let us talk a little and then we're just going to pray. Do you have, do I have any contributions or questions in regards to what pastor thought on Sunday? So I'm just giving you to you as I understood what he thought on Sunday. Questions, comments. Questions or comments? Okay, thank you. This, that, was the, that was the motivation for his living. When he got to the place where he saw that he could not live the Christian life by himself. Yeah. He couldn't. Uh, as, as, a, as a legalist, <laughs> as someone who believed that you have to perform in order to please God. Uh, he tried it. He tried it. 
And in Romans 7, he could say the things I want to do, I don't, but the very same thing that I do not want to do, those are the things that I do. And he said, well, if I do the things I don't want to do, or, or if I don't do the things that I want to do, then it means that I am not the one doing it, but something else is doing it, and that is seen in me. And then he came to a place where he said, oh, wretched man that I am. And this was Paul almost at the height. I mean, he would say, this, this, this is a matured man. But he called himself miserable because he was trying to live the Christian life um, by his own strength. And that is why he could, he, could, he, he could say, for me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. And of course, if for me to live is Christ, then to die is gain. And he could say that Christ is his life. It's, it's not, you know, um, I have Christ living in me. He got to the place where he said, Christ is my life. Christ is my life. I think, like you rightly said, the, the, um, you know, the problem is, first of all, these, uh, this, this appears to be new, new in the gospel it appears that these things are just like new to us yes. to come to the place that Christ is my life that Christ is living in me that Christ is, 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 is more interested in me understanding that he loves me than me trying to love him by my own strength which I cannot and so um Understanding it, knowing this, is the first step. And I think the next step should, should be, and you rightly quoted, you know, um, I have been crucified with, with Christ. It is no longer that I live, but Christ lives in me. Yeah. Okay. Our yielding to that life, yeah. because it is not my life. I cannot live Christ's life. Nobody can. But Christ has to live that life in and through us. So I will cooperate with him by yielding, by surrendering, yielding to him. And it has to be on a moment by moment, every second, because my flesh is going to struggle with that life. My flesh is not going to like it. My flesh will want to go this way, but Christ's life in me would want to go the other way. So I have to, on a consistent basis, moment by moment, yield myself to the life of Christ in order that I might be able to experience it. And then through me, that life will now get on to others. Yep. Thank you. Amen. Martinde. I think my comment is, um, this is an advanced teaching for somebody who's already saved. And um, because I'm looking at somebody who's just accept Christ, um, it's a baby step. Just like you said, you know, if we don't even understand the love that uh, he, he has for us, and that through that uh, realm of love to embrace it first. Because a lot of us, all we see is the things around us. And we cannot see that Jesus is right behind us, in front of us all the time. 
and um, these things you can't explain it to anybody you have to live through it it's a lifestyle and it doesn't matter how long or how many years you've been a Christian if you submit yourself and you focus on it and you truly truly believe because in my own way of uh, reading the Bible and notice that belief is just uncountable. Yeah. Believe. Yeah. Believe. Yeah. Believe. Yeah. And I've come to understand if you take your mind away from all the things that is happening, it will sort itself out. That's it, no matter what you do, even if you have the resources to solve it, it might not be what you want. But if you surrender it and leave it to God, and submit everything, yeah. Yeah, he will show you through what you yourself will learn from those mistakes and make you a better person. Amen. So, um, to live in us through us and all those things, <laughs> it's got to be a lifestyle. There's no way we can do it. It's not a lip, you know, lip service, you know, um, I'm just going to put it over my head. You, you know, he consistently, you, you mentioned something, you know, some of us will believe in prayer. prayer. And fasting. But you don't have that belief. And then the things that you are asking for is right there for you, but you are not stepping into it. And um, that's, that's how I've, you know, my Christian life has been. I all, I, when I saw believe, believe, believe in the Bible, and I said, okay, that's it. That's the secret. I don't even, like, I was talking to a friend of mine. He said, this is your Jesus. I said, even if he's, they say it's, it's not, it doesn't even happen, I said, I will continue to live in it because it's, because that's, it's too late because I've experienced it and it's too sweet. So that's my own take. Any other person? I think, I think Prof. Ambratunde captured it right. It, it, sometimes it just doesn't make sense that God is asking us to be this simple. I mean, how can he be asking us to do something this simple, to live the life this big? Uh, it just sometimes... He, but Bratunde, you know the people that is easy for now? If you get born again today, I have had a lot poured in me in the last 20-something years that I've had to literally kind of like unscrew my head and try to just turn myself upside down and see how I can get all this thing, just empty myself, slap myself, kind of like empty it. And because I find myself many times, like Paul would say, I see a struggle many times, you understand? The things that I thought I know and the things that, I'm being, that is being revealed to me, they come almost as if they are variants with each other. And, and I kind of like I'm trying to juggle, should I go this route or should I go that route or should I... But you know, one thing I've learned is just take it one day at a time and one second at a time. So what am I saying to you? Listen, it's a very simple prayer. What began for me, for revelation, that God began to open my eyes to see the things that I'm seeing and to see the way he's brought me so far is just I took to just my knees and just say, God, open the eyes of my understanding. Let me know you in a way that nobody teaches and when I opened the scripture, he just began to talk to me. It's no longer what a man taught me. It's what I'm hearing him say to me on a daily basis. I'm grasping it. I'm holding on to it. Now I can read a lot. But I'm saying to us, it is the easiest life to live.
the life of Christ is not complicated. But religion has made it complicated for us. Because the religion thrives on two things. The illusion of distance and the illusion of time. But God said it is now. Faith is now. My life is now. Christ in you. The hope of glory. I want us to stand to our feet tonight.